the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And we're just laughing during the break. (laughs) TMI, TMI. But uh, hey, it's hour two. It's Backbone Radio. It's Matt Dunn on board. We run 4 to 7 p.m. on Sundays, and we just tell it like it is. We lay it out. Come what may. Because you have to have some pockets of truth, you know, in your life. You have to have somebody who's just willing to just go out there and just let it, let it all hang out. And, yeah, you know, the, the, the folks that um, – I just did an hour on why Megyn Kelly says that DeSantis should not run against Trump if he wants to come out with his hide intact or his political future intact. And she talked about the widespread sentiment that uh, the Republican voters – think that uh, Trump got screwed out of his first term, totally. Got screwed out of it by the deep state, by the hoax media, and that to not support him in 2024 is to reward the deep state, the FBI and all of its corruption, the CIA and its corruption, the media and all of its corruption, um, to say that, okay, well, they, they, they did so much good propaganda that they, uh, they knocked him out. Speaking of propaganda, I wanted to get to this. Do you, do you ever think, and we've talked about mass formation psychosis. We've talked about, and I was just actually reading this week, a fascinating book from 1967 um, by Marshall McLuhan about the medium is the message, about how electronic media has warped the world and warped our minds. And he wrote it in 67. And it's an incredibly prescient book. Holy cow. But if you think about it, if you realize how much time we spend on screens or being bombarded by screens and information from screens that only a handful of people behind the curtain put on your screen for you, the Drudge Report, for instance, is completely corrupted. It used to be run by a guy named Matt Drudge who had really good comments, but then he got pushed out of there, in my opinion, by the deep state, and now it's just a corrupt um, deep state-run publication. Some people see they, they read that. They don't know that. They don't know that the Drudge Report vanished right after the 2016 election. Now it's like drudge in name only. But anyway, that was an aside. But do you think people can get their heads so spun around, so they lose so much contact with reality because they're constantly having their life mediated by screens, and the things that the screens are telling the minds of the masses have got them really far out there on the um, end of the psychotic spectrum uh, to a point that yet reality is no longer like something that is connecting with people to the point where they're actually thinking it's a good idea to court nuclear destruction Armageddon with Ukraine. Does that, uh, you know, like, I'm a little amazed out there that Joe Biden came out, and we talked about this last week, He told donors at a Democrat fundraiser that, yeah, we're as close as we've been since the Bay of Pigs and the Cuban Missile Crisis to uh, nuclear war. And he used the Armageddon word. And where are people reacting to this? 
over Ukraine, over who rules the Donbass. Who thinks really that is a good idea? Um, but you're not seeing a whole lot of people like standing up and saying, no, 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 let's, let's, let's get some negotiating done. Let's, let's get to the negotiation. Let's, let's not have this. But how far gone are the masses? And this Marshall McLuhan talks about how electronic media creates the age of anxiety. So they created this age of anxiety because there's undercurrents of anxiety always in your mind, always in the background of your mind because you're being exposed to electronic images and television screens. And yes, I would throw radio in there to a certain extent. And I know you're hearing this voice of mine on through an electronic medium. Um, but I like to think I'm the antidote to the electronic medium. And because we all are mediated by electronic mediums these days, you need to have some people on that electronic medium that are the antidote to the electronic medium. So I carve out a very convenient exception for myself. Do I not? How is that for logic? Right there. But Ukraine Armageddon. Russell Brand. Okay, Russell Brand is a uh, comedian. I believe he's an actor. He used to be married to Katy Perry, the pop singer who did Firework and Roar and all those huge anthem songs for a time. She was the by far the most popular singer in the world, female singer in the world. And anyway, he's a big celebrity, and he's a very interesting guy, and he's a truth teller. He has a, uh, a you know, he, he does this podcast every day. He does these podcasts, and he interviews people like Noam Chomsky. Um, and uh, other very interesting people that say stuff that the mainstream media censors, the mainstream media prevents from getting their voices out. And, of course, Russell Brand, as powerful and as big of a name as he is, he was broadcasting on YouTube for his podcast, and YouTube censored Russell Brand. Yeah, they, they, they censored him, and he said, screw you, YouTube, I'm going to rumble. I'm going to rumble, which is the alternative to YouTube, which does not censor. And so you can see his podcast now over on Rumble. And they're really interesting. And he speaks very quickly, and he's very, very funny. And he's probably a man, uh, who knows where his political sentiments are, but he seems to be, he likes freedom and he likes liberty. And um, he uh, doesn't seem to want Armageddon with Ukraine, with, with Russia over Ukraine, and, um, you know, I think he might be like a Zen Buddhist leftist type, but he has all these Christian crosses around his neck. He's sort of, uh, you know, who knows where he stands on stuff, but he's damn funny. And he does this satirical video, which I thought I would play a clip or two of, of saying that, uh, yeah, you know, the media, Trump, they, they, they think Trump is a fascist. Trump is a fascist. And it's like, oh, do you know what that fascist Trump just did? He called for peace in Ukraine. He called for negotiations to avoid Armageddon in Ukraine. What a fascist. What a, you see, it's like he's being satirical, right? Think about this. The media referred to Trump as a fascist. And when Trump was running in 2016, they said, oh, he's going to get us into a war. The first thing he's going to do is get us into a war. What happens? We have four years of peace. <clears throat> four years of peace and economic prosperity in which he went against all the advice of the foreign policy establishment and the economic policy establishment on trade and foreign policy and everything else. It was a great and glorious era. So, of course, what happened as well, the deep state had to unleash some kind of a virus on the world to try to help take him down. And even that didn't work if you look at the numbers on that. So, uh, and yes, I said that. It came out of a lab in Wuhan, China. We've done many shows on that. So, um, 
So do you ever realize how warped your mind might be from all this electronic propaganda, all this anxiety that's being put into your mind from this stuff? They said he was, gonna, he was a warmonger. They said he was a fascist. But why is he calling for peace? Why is he the only statesman out there calling for peace on earth? He delivered peace for four years. But let's just hear Russell Brand at least start this. And I want to get some of these clips in because I think you, maybe you'll find them amusing. Trump wants a peaceful end to the war between Russia and Ukraine. The bloody fascist. What is fascist again? What is Trump up to with these rallies? Is he going to run in 2024? Who knows? Anyway, most recently, his most bold transgression is that he said that there should be a peaceful solution in the war between Russia and Ukraine. Let's have a look at what that fascist Trump said now, the peace-loving fascist pig. We must demand the immediate negotiation of a peaceful end to the war in Ukraine, or we will end up in World War III, and there will be nothing left of our planet, all because stupid people didn't have a clue. They didn't have a clue. <laughs> clue, clue, clue. I think what he's saying is difficult to argue with. We are engaged in a conflict, a proxy war, some have said, between the United States and Russia, both of whom are nuclear powers. And it's not that long ago there was a contentious, long Cold War. The immediate aftermath of the Second World War led to two polarised powers. And, you know, in the 80s and 90s, the Eastern Bloc somewhat crumbled. Russia reformed. Now Putin has risen to this position of supremacy. And many people say, and doubtless it's true, that he's the kind of person that would be able to run a mighty nation like Russia and would have the kind of imperial... So you get the idea with what Russell Brand is doing. The propaganda has been warping our minds so much that people literally are courting nuclear annihilation. If the propaganda tells you to walk off a cliff, will you walk off a cliff? And I have to tell you, there's a certain amount of this population that will walk off a cliff because their screen told them to walk off a cliff. It's an amazing situation we're in in this country. That fascist who wants peace, yeah, they told you he was a fascist. They're going to tell you to walk off a cliff. Will you do it? There we go. The Foo Fighters. Dude was the drummer for Nirvana. And he became the Foo Fighters after, unfortunately, Kurt Cobain checked out The Curse of 27. Right, Mr. Gallagher? Yeah, Janis Joplin. I think you've got a Janis Joplin book there. The Curse of 27. Too many rock stars didn't make it past the age of 27 for some reason times like these by the way marshall McLuhan has the his seminal book is called understanding media the extensions of man and uh that uh it's really interesting and you, you need to step back and think about how is electronic media what is it doing to our minds right what is it doing to us and the medium is the message an inventory of effects that's the book i was reading over the weekend came out in 1967 you might you just work that in i do a lot of discourses on propaganda and i constantly lament that there are too many people who should be able to see through it too many people whose minds are so good they should be able to know better but they can't see through it luckily you have a very healthy swath of the masses of this country that just think it's all crap. <laughs> and they don't go for any of it. 
and they're stubborn about it, and amen to that. I mean, that is the right attitude. That That is. And the, maybe the other right attitude is the Amish, who don't have screens in the first place. They, they don't have screens. But think about this, folks. The people, again, that told you that Trump is this evil, fascist, horrible, horrible human being have never been able to produce one thing he's done or said that's fascist or evil or deplorable or any of the rest of it. It all had to be made up. It all had to be manufactured by that electronic propaganda regime. And Trump's the only statesman. And Noam Chomsky's coming out saying this on the Russell Brand Show, that, gosh, we only have one statesman saying, maybe we don't need to have Armageddon. Let's, let's have some peace over there. And that's Trump, right? Russell Brand carries on here a little bit. You got you to at least know this guy's out there. Former United States President Donald Trump has called for an immediate peaceful end to the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict. That seems okay. I hope there are not American talk shows like that are now saying, Donald Trump's been at it again, that crazy cuckoo son of a bitch asking for peace. Trump's remarks come after Joe Biden's warning over the risk of nuclear Armageddon. Let me present you with an idea. Have you been coached into a state of idiocy? Because when Joe Biden says, if things don't change, we're on the brink of Armageddon. He's the president of the United States of America. He is in a position of some authority. He's not a news reporter, is he? Like, oh no, look what's happening. Russia is going to be able... Well, why don't you change tact? Why don't you do something different? Why don't you change the shape of the negotiation? You're not like a bystander, unless, of course, you sort of are. Unless, of course, the office of president is a sort of theatrical role. Unless Joe Biden is a kind of puppet. Unless Joe Biden is a kind of a puppet which I think he is, obviously, as he eats ice cream. Talks about how great the American economy is. Oh, facepalm! My goodness gracious, ladies and gentlemen, I loved Russell Brand's phrase. Have you been coached into a state of idiocy? (laughs) Yes! So many people have been coached into a state of idiocy. Where are... The peaceniks, where are the Democrats, the anti-war Democrats? Where are these people? You're not hearing their voices. We talked about this last week on John Lennon's birthday. Where's the legacy of John Lennon? Peace, man. Peace. It's all about peace. We're in bed because we want some peace. We just want to try peace. Um, and that's like uh, not a bad idea right now because, you know, you need to have war when it's a just war, when you've got to protect your republic. But when we're trying to protect in Ukraine, the cash cow, the CIA province of the Donbass, yeah, is that is that really worth it to you to incinerate your home, your community, your family? Because you were being told that Trump is a fascist, we gotta have somebody else, we gotta have a Biden in there, and so we've gotta have Armageddon and a bad economy and high inflation and no gas and the rest of it. Russell Brand. Biden told Democratic donors in New York that for the first time since the Cuban Missile Crisis, we have a direct threat from the use of nuclear weapons if things continue down the path they're going. He sounded like he's sat on a porch chewing a bit of straw. He should be in there going, right, let's not go down this path anymore. Let's change direction because, you know, I don't really want to be the president of the United States that presided over the end of the world. That might be a bit of a blot on the old copybook. Blot on the copybook headers. Yeah, that's a very British phrase. Yeah, a little blot on your resume. Hey, yeah, I was the president when the world blew up, when we blew up the whole thing, because we wanted to be able to enrich the children of Joe Biden, Mitt Romney, Nancy Pelosi, and John Kerry, 
because they were getting paid how many millions off of Ukraine one way or another. I'll tell you, folks, um, how many people are just sitting back, just not even thinking about this stuff? You know, the Nord Stream pipeline gets blown up. Yeah. The CIA says Russia is the most likely suspect, but I think America is the most likely suspect. And, uh, yeah, some infrastructure, a big bridge blew up over in Crimea. Somehow that happened to harm Russia's ability to transport things back and forth. Oh, who did that, do you think? Backing Putin into a corner? Is that really smart, ladies and gentlemen? Do we care that much about the Donbass? There are some things we would care enough about, but not the Donbass. That is my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear a little more. Russell Brand on this. But what's all this costing us? And where is the money going? And when I say us, I mean US. So that's not us at all, because I don't think it's tell from my accent. I'm not from there. Some analysts estimate the true figure of the US commitment to Ukraine is up to $40 billion in security assistance or $110 million a day over the last year. Is that money well spent? Can you see anything in American cultural life that you would prefer to have that money spent on? It Does it surprise you that there's an easy highway for that money to travel towards the military industrial complex, and some would say to the military more generally, and it's more difficult to get those resources into American infrastructure? and also into the lives of ordinary American people. The relentless stream of funding announcements in the absence of any public discussion of what the US is doing to seek an end to the conflict has signaled to critics a recognition that there is no end in sight to the war and that the US is committed to supporting Ukrainian defence efforts for the long haul rather than pursue a negotiate into it. Anyway, Russell Brand spot on on all this. And by the way, he said 40-some billion to Ukraine. It's actually 67 billion. That's the number Tucker Carlson uses. You see numbers all over the map on this. Why can't we have clarity in these numbers? Excuse me, I'm speaking so vociferously that I'm uh, like, uh, I don't know, draining the pipes a little bit. Um, Do you notice how easy it is to send $67 billion to the military industrial complex? You ever notice that? But yet we couldn't get three or four billion for Trump's wall because Paul Ryan didn't want it. Mitch McConnell didn't want it. You ever notice that? Oh, but yet if you oppose the military-industrial complex, the warmongers, the people that want war, war, war to line their pocketbooks, don't care about the psychology of the American soldier or the American people, well, you're a fascist if you don't support the warmongers and the military-industrial complex. Does that make sense? How the propaganda is so twisted, whipped, and warped, and how so many people, and it's a subset still, but it's, you know, it's a sizable subset, If the media says, go walk off a cliff right now, they would actually do it. (laughs) It's it's really amazing to me to see this impasse. And again, Marshall McLuhan, in his uh, philosophical work about the effects of electronic media on our minds and our civilization, I think are coming to bear right now. It's really prescient stuff. It's like really, uh, you know, 1967, and here we are today, and maybe, uh, you know, Biden out of stupidity in the military-industrial complex and the Bill Crystals and the David Frums of the world, who just endorsed the Santas, by the way, will finally get the job done and blow us all up. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of people are so mind-numbed by their screens that they won't really have any idea. They'll walk off the cliff, and when they splat on the ground, they won't even know that they did that. They don't, they don't even know that it happened. But, yeah, it, it could happen. Be right back. Jethro Tull, living in the past, happy, and I'm smiling. 
sings Ian Anderson, frontman for Jethro Tull. I was able to see them twice in concert. I believe that was in the early 90s. And I believe they filled up McNichols back when it was called McNichols right here in town. And yes, we are happy and smiling through the apocalypse. <laughs> through Biden's Armageddon. Folks, it's a significant situation. Elon Musk is staying up all night long worrying about nuclear annihilation. You got Elon all amped up worrying about, like, nuclear destruction. Doesn't that tell you something? You got the biggest bunch of morons in charge of this country and our nuclear arsenal right now over Ukraine. Put it in perspective, over Ukraine. We do not need Ukraine. America does not need Ukraine, but Russia is persuaded that they do. They do, and they will go to the mat for it, and we're busily provoking the bear and sending $67 billion over there. America last leadership. When we've got a few problems of our own, do we not? Tucker Carlson seems to think so, and he mocks Zelensky that uppity foreigner Zelensky. The scope of this year's support uh, should be not less than $5 billion. What? Some uppity foreigner in a t-shirt demanding money for his critical economic needs? We have critical economic needs too, buddy. Who are you, troll? Go away. What? Since when does that guy have a claim on our treasury? Yeah, since when do we have to give our treasury to some other country over there right next to Russia? Since when? Mockery. We need to be mocking the Zelensky situation. Zelensky has banned his political opponents. Zelensky is doing all these like sort of like fake Hollywood manicured videos about stuff and it was uh, he was installed by Victoria Newland in the first place and people like John McCain and Lindsey Graham, and now we've got to give them all of our money because they're putting America last. It's got to be somehow Ukraine first. You ever get sick of it, folks? Do you ever? At the risk of annihilation. Come on. Even Admiral Michael Mullen, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, he's the only one who has joined Donald Trump in calling for peace and negotiation in Ukraine, besides myself and Russell Brand, let's hear what Admiral Mullen had to say. Okay, let's let's turn to Ukraine. You heard President Biden's comments. You heard what John Kirby just said. How do you assess the nuclear threat from Russia right now? Well, I, I have to take Putin seriously. I, uh, he's got uh, lots of options uh, with tactical nuclear weapons from very low yield nuclear weapons. He's a cornered, I believe, a cornered animal. And I think he's more and more dangerous just what's happened in the last... 24 hours, uh, that bridge was struck, which was logistically critical as well as very symbolic. So uh, I think we have to take him seriously and think through uh, what what the requirements would be for us to respond to that. I, it also speaks to the need, I think, to get to the table. Uh, I'm a little concerned about the language, uh, which uh, we're about at the top, if you President will. President Biden's language. President Biden's language, we're about at the top of uh, the language scale, if you will. Uh, so, and I think we need to back off that a little bit and do everything we possibly can to try to get to the table to resolve this thing. Okay, there you go. Admiral Michael Mullen, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, has that to say. Hey, there's another adult in the room. It's not just Trump. There's 
There's four adults in the room that I can count. One of them is me, of course. The other one is Russell Brand, of course. And then, of course, there's Donald Trump. And also, there is Admiral Mullen, adults in the room who say, hey, hey, let's not, like, blow up the world, okay? I mean, let's, let's not do that. There's four of us adults taking on the rest of the mind-numbed robots propagandized to the point of mass psychosis in this country. At any rate, I'm off to the phones here in just a second. I think it should be clear, and I've been in this spot on Ukraine. By the way, Tulsi Gabbard also uh, is an adult. She doesn't want this, like, annihilation, and she's not into this Ukraine thing, and she left the Democratic Party because of the moron warmongers running the Democratic Party. But um, off to the phones here, but uh, I wanted to, sometimes, you know, we're in jocular moods around here, and we joke around, Blake and I, during the breaks. But uh, this morning when I went to the DU women's soccer game, it was really cold here in Denver Metro. And so I put on the long underwear under the pantalones. I had uh, two layers, right? Because I was like, I don't want to get like cold out there. You're just having to sit there. You can't be active. And anyway, so I get here and I still had my long underwear on. This is called too much information. I'm in here. I'm hosting where I've got my long. And I'm like, realize, you know, hey, we're getting hot. I got hot pants. We're getting a little too hot in here. I'm like speaking so vociferously. We're heating up the room. We got the hot pants. And so I had to change during the last break. I, uh, I had to make a change. So uh, we got no more uh, long underwear. I did put on the pantalone. So it's not like pantless radio here. Uh, way TMI. We're way TMI here. Are we not, Blake? But, uh, but I got to thinking about the hot pants. One, two, and we got the greatest song one, two, ever written. Three, uh. And recorded. This is the greatest musical hot hit. Pants. Oh, hey, hot pants. Uh, no, hot pants. Smoking the hot pants. Smoking the hot pants. All right, let's let's fade that down. I would I would love to play the whole hot pants. I would love to smoke in the hot pants. I would, but we're doing a lot better here now. That I made the change. <laughs> we made the change. And uh, I found a way to get that done during the break. It was, it was a hustle. Like, you know, sometimes you got to move, move fast. And I'm wearing hiking boots. I've got all these laces I have to tie. So you have to untie the hiking boots. And then you have to tie them back up. It, that was a close call. Because of the hot pants. Anyway, I try not to do the TMI segments very often. Consider that a rare interlude. But we've got the... By the way, I'm getting all these texts to studio. You've got the best bumper music ever. You've got the best... And I've got two people saying they love Jethro Tull. Got to play more Jethro. But Ace Man in Cincinnati. Uh, I, I think... Ace, are you okay if... Uh, oh, i got to hit the right button. Ace, uh, were you okay with us playing the Hot Pants number tonight? Did you uh, object to that? Or could you... Was that... Or is it the greatest song ever written, in your opinion? It is possibly the greatest music interlude ever to grace the airwaves. <laughs> right there. We just had it, didn't we? <laughs> best political commentary in the universe. Best musical selection ever. Oh, may I just you say, have, I, I second that. I agree with you, Ace. How do you go wrong with Hot Pants, Jethro Tull, and the occasional even Baby Shark? So, I mean, and, and in the good old days when we could play Sneaky Snake as well. Oh, yeah. But the uh, the Russell Brand cr- clips were, were phenomenal. They uh, he, he hits 
the nail on the head. Is there an adult in the room? Is Joe Biden actually at the helm or is Barack Obama, the guy sitting in the basement, actually pulling the strings? Or is the military industrial complex pulling the strings? Because as you said, the $67 billion, people need to take a red pill, go down the rabbit hole with the matrix and figure out where is this money going to? And as you stated so eloquently before with Zelensky, he oppresses other political parties. He's oppressing free speech. He's throwing uh, reporters in jail. Yeah. If you put out any narrative other than what he wants, and this is this is this is somebody whose border is more important than our own. I I don't see how I don't. And you know, Russell Brand makes the point, you know, about the American people. We'd probably be better off with you know that money in our infrastructure, you know, helping with, oh, I don't know, securing our border, um, yeah. the homeless crisis, uh, getting baby formula in the country. Oh, baby inflation, formula. Yeah, baby uh, formula. Getting, getting our pipelines going again so we're not dependent on foreign. And, and these are things that people need to think about uh, when they vote. And I believe uh, voting ballots are, are being mailed out as of tomorrow in Colorado. So, you know, with the people like Jared Polis, who wants another four years, as Heidi Ganahl so eloquently put the other day, and I heard you play on your show about yeah. how he wants another four years to fix all the things that, that he created. Um, you know, I, I believe Einstein has the wonderful definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So what are we doing with these Democrats and these rhinos? We need people that. Spot on, Ace Man. And yeah, Ukraine borders are not first. It's America first around here. That's the way it should be. And Ace, hey, the hot pants. I'm glad you approved, my man. Uh, let's, Let's stay close. Coming back in with the cowboy junkies singing a anthem of the Biden era, a song called Misery. Yeah, the misery index in the Biden era is heading straight north. Most unfortunate scenario, thanks to all the text to studio and even tweets about how we've got the best bumper music in town around here at Backbone Radio. From time to time, I have the privilege of being able to visit with a candidate for political office, and I don't speak to all that many, but... When I see somebody out there who I think is looking really good, doing a really great job, and stands for the issues that I think are most important, we like to try to reach out and say a little hello and make some contact. And we have the honor right now of speaking to Mark Gatto, G-O-T-T-O, Mark Gatto, who is a candidate for Arapahoe County Commissioner. And as I drive around Arapahoe County, I see Mark Gatto signs all over the place, which strikes me as uh, we've got a thriving campaign going on here in, uh, for the Arapahoe County Commissioner race, which is a very significant, very important office. And I have gotten to know Mark Gatto's predecessors in this position over the years and uh, talked to these individuals who speak very highly of Mark Gatto. And welcome aboard. Thank you for taking a moment for us, Mark. Glad you're here. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. 
I'm going to try to make sure that misery index doesn't come to Arapahoe County. How's that sound? I think uh, I will vote for that. <laughs> it's a, it's not an ideal situation right now, and we need people with the courage to step up like what you are doing in Arapahoe County. And I might just ask for you know backbone listeners, what can you tell us about yourself and the office you're running for and your background on your website right now? See a nice uh, picture of a couple of kids and a lovely wife and some background in Centennial City politics. But what can you tell us, sir? Yeah, those are my kids. They're, they're 12 and 10. I started late in life, so I didn't start having my uh, kids until I was 41, believe it or not. And so well I actually stayed home with them. Yeah, I was a I was a Dish Network executive, a vice president of operations. Um, and then when I had uh, my kids in my early 40s, uh, my wife and I decided that someone should stay home, and, and that Dish Network job was a ton of travel. It was a lot of hours, so we decided that I would be the person to stay home. So I stayed home with my kids for seven years. And, Matt, that's why I uh, decided to run for office was because of my kids. I uh, volunteered for the city of Centennial. I did the Open Space Commission. I did the Budget Committee. I did Planning and Zoning. And so I caught the bug to serve, and I ran for city council and was elected back in 2014 or 2013 ran well done yeah thank you it was uh it was great it was an awesome learning experience but again uh that's that's where i caught the bug and i just really feel that with my city council experience which really is awesome training ground for Arapahoe county commissioner with with all the land use cases and the budget and 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 I'm sure most of your viewers are aware that the city of Centennial contracts out the Arapahoe Sheriff's uh, Department for their policing. So I ran the exact same process as a city councilman that I'll do as a as a county commissioner. Uh, and so that's why I'm running. I'm, I'm running to protect our neighborhoods. I want to make sure that, you know, that we're safe. I want to make sure that the development around these neighborhoods is, is the right development. I'm running to make sure infrastructure is in the right place. And, you know, that's not the the sexiest initiative sure. in government because there's a lot going on, but this is a very local, a very, you know, managerial administrative role. We, you know, there's no County manager, Matt. So the employees, the, a lot of the directors in positions like open space and fleet, those positions roll up to the County commissioners. So I think I can use my background in, in management and running large organizations to really help out the County. Yeah, right on a background in Centennial City politics. You come in informed. You know all the issues and the subtleties, the dynamics. Um, you know, stay at home, Dad, for the last few years. And again, I salute you for that. Well done, Dad. And a background, uh, you know, with a with a Dish Network Corporation. Yeah, you mentioned safety, safe. The word you use. I think I think that that's a, that's on people's minds in Colorado. You know, with the crime seeming to be going in the wrong direction in the last. Several years, and I see that you are endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police. I take that as a good sign. So that, that's going to be something on your mind, and that the the police seem to uh, agree with. Correct? Yeah, for sure. And, and I've talked to quite a few deputies, uh, and there's some, you know. So it's unique in my position with the safety aspect is because we control the budget for the sheriff's department, and so that's why I really feel my skill set lies is deciding and prioritizing where the funding should go to make make the most difference. Uh, you know, deputies are asking for a little more money, and so we may have to look at that. 
they also are asking for, you know, human and health and experts, mental health experts to uh, ride along with them or at least show up at the, at the sites with them. And that's something I want to look at. Uh, but yes, my focus is going to be on that sheriff's department and, and, and making sure that the funding and the resources are there uh, so, so we're safe. I mean, I, I think in every door and every neighborhood I've walked in, uh, they talk about a car being stolen, uh, you know, something out of their house or garage being stolen. Yeah. And it's just so common. It's unbelievable. Like, I cannot go to a neighborhood and leave without at least a couple people either directly getting their car stolen or knowing a neighbor that got their car stolen. And, uh. and again, from a unique standpoint, I can, I can manage that and help the county commissioners with the budget aspect of it. Okay, we're talking to Mark Gatto candidate for Arapahoe County Commissioner, and it's the second uh, district, is that what it's referred to as? Uh, yeah, District it? 2. It's District it's, 2. Yep, District, District 2. 2. Okay. Far west is Colorado Boulevard, as far east as Smoky Hill Road with Bellevue and County Line, kind of being the, the imaginary lines north and south. So it, it's, a, it's a great district, and it overlaps my city council district quite a bit, so I know a lot of the neighborhoods from when I served as city councilman. Okay, perfect. And some people might not know that, you know, county commissioners, that's an incredibly important job, and a lot of very, very significant decisions have to be made by people like you once you're elected to be Arapahoe County Commissioner, and it's a lot of meetings, right? I mean, you're constantly going to meetings, and, you know, the stakes are high. you got to be there. you got to be informed and... um you know, maybe, and some people say that, you know, it's even more consequential decision-making than in the state legislature. I don't know. Have you ever had those thoughts? Well, sure, because it's very local. Like, we're making decisions on very personal stuff. Like, you know, there's examples on city council where I had to work with developers to make sure that, you know, some of the things that they wanted to do wasn't, you know, working well with the communities. And so we came to common ground to make sure that everyone uh, was on the same page and, and happy with what was going on. Those type of decisions will happen every day as a county commissioner. And it's so important uh, to the neighbors. So in that point, it's, it's, it's very local. We make decisions on, uh, we make decisions on every single budget line item in the county. So it's not just yeah. the, the, the people that report up, up to us. It's the sheriff's department, the assessor's office, the treasurer's office, uh, the clerk's office, so they come and they to ask us and, and, and want us to either approve their budget or make changes. And a lot of those changes we make directly will impact everyone's day-to-day -day life. You know, the, the clerk's office right now is one I can't wait to get involved in because, you know, I, I think there's some process improvements that can be done with waiting in line or, or online appointments to do something simple like, you know, renew your license plate. So uh, I can't wait to dive in and, and make those important local right. decisions on Mark day -day life. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing your signs like all over the place. So and I, and I get again, I keep hearing very, very positive, very encouraging things about you and your campaign. And so from Backbone, I just say we, we encourage you. We salute your courage for running. And is your website vote? Vote Mark Gatto, V-O-T-E-M-A-R-K-G-O-T-T-O.com. That's your website, maybe? VoteMarkGatto.com. Yep, and all my signs will say, Got to Vote Gatto, so always remember that. <laughs> Very catchy. I like it, sir. Well, Mark Gatto, thank you for spending some time with us, and good luck over these next three weeks. All the best. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.